Welcome back to another episode of That Football Stats Podcast. We're going to be taking a look at the Championship, and that is where our double will come from this week. Uh, the previous double was a winner, um, and then I forgot to do it the next week, but we're back. And uh, just before we start as well, if you can hear any drums or chanting and stuff in the background, it's because it's some kind of holiday here. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of chanting, there's a lot of drums around me. It's all good. So we're going to start in the championship. I'm going to go through some games for you and give some of the stats, give some of the stories behind the games. I mean, we'll start with QPR because Gareth Ainsworth is 23rd um, hosting first because they welcome Leicester, who have won 11 out of 12 games this season. But for QPR, they have won two of their 13 games. They've lost the last five and they are winless in a total of eight games. They beat Middlesbrough. That was the, the last victory away from home at a time when Middlesbrough were, were struggling. Um, Middlesbrough have since gone on a run of, I think it's six or seven victories in a row. We will get to them. But for now, QPR and Gareth Ainsworth, I think we keep saying he's on the brink, he's on the brink. I think there must be some financial reasons for him not being sacked as of yet. Um, because he surely should have been sacked by now. And the, every single QPR fan you hear is really, really not happy with the football that's being played. And every week, QPR put these videos on Twitter, which are these weird kind of like... They remind me of The Office, the UK version, you know, where you would see David Brent sat in a chair. It's just a strange kind of... Oh, here we are. It's the same video as last week. Oh, the lads are doing good in training. Well, you know, we're going to be playing. We're going we're gonna to get that victory. We're gonna it, but the, the performances on the pitch are just not there at all. And it could turn ugly um, in this game because if we look at Leicester's form, um, they have been imperious this season. Um, Drewsbury Hall is my prediction for player of the year in the championship. Uh, and I thought that, to be honest, before he even kicked a ball this season because I thought somebody would take him. He, he's a fantastic player. And he showed so in the Premier League as well. You know, he's, he's very good at finding spaces. He's very clinical, he's shown. Um, we had him at Blackpool for a period on loan and you could just tell, you know, when you get a player... Patino is the same when we had him, Charlie Adam, Houlihan, you know, these creative players that we seem to get, or usually on loan. They do things and you just know they're going to find their way to the top of the game. And Drewsbury Hall, absolutely no doubt that he'll be playing Premier League next season with or without Leicester. So looking at Leicester's form, uh, as I said, they've won all but one game. Hull City, a very, very decent team under Rosina, aren't they? Um, we spoke about Middlesbrough before, so let's look at their game now. Middlesbrough and Michael Carrick up to ninth, and I always like to, you know, when we get a chance, look at these kind of uh, swings in results and say, well, this is why you should give a manager time. I know it's a bit of a, a flip from what I just said about Ainsworth in that he, you know, clearly needs to go, but at least Michael Carrick had that credit from the back end of last season where they did fantastically well, they got to the playoffs, but they did start the season really, really poorly. No victory in the opening seven games. There was a bit of a turnover in players, weren't there? But he's clearly turned it around. He's picked up some really, really impressive results. It started with a victory against Southampton. Then they beat Watford away. Then they've beaten Cardiff, who have had decent results recently. Then they went to Sunderland and won 4-0. All of those goals coming in the second half. And interestingly, if you look at the last four games for Middlesbrough, each one of them was 0-0 at half-time. And they, there was three goals in the second half, for example, away at Norwich last week. Uh, a winner quite late, I think, against Birmingham. But all four goals coming against Sunderland in the second half and both goals against Cardiff too in the second half. So that could be something we look at potentially 
for this double that we're going to do for the championship. I've not formulated it yet because I'm just looking at the fixtures and recording as I see the data, um, just to give you a sort of uh, an idea for how I do research, basic research, but just reading the stats, looking at the different sections on um, odd alerts. And with that, let's move to a game that does interest me as well. Also at three o'clock, Hull City hosting Preston. Preston um, were the team that everybody was talking about at the start of the season, weren't they? It's interesting that you've got these teams that they really, either they started really poorly, no wins in six, seven games, and now they can't buy a win. It is now six games without a victory for Preston after going eight games unbeaten at the start of the season. That is a, a pretty good start. It still has them sitting fourth, of course, 1.69 points per game they have picked up. They've scored in the last three games, despite not winning. Uh, they've actually scored two or more um, in a couple of those games. Um, all of those games ending with BTTS. So they're in good scoring form. Maybe they're missing a defender or something because there's a clear um, difference in their defence at the moment from the start of the season. And I'd say Preston, over the last 18 months, they've been a very good defensive side. Even the start of last year, they had, they had so many draws last year. But there were so many times where they would just keep a clean sheet, win 1-0 at home. Um, they were pretty tough to beat, but at the minute, it looks like uh, teams are scoring against them. And if we look at Hull City's home form, they have won once, and it was on the opening day against Sheffield Wednesday, who sit rock bottom. Um, so Hull City, actually, whilst they are hard to beat, um, if you look at some of those results, they've not won in five, but there is four draws there. And in the last five at home, only Southampton have come and scored more than once. So if we look at Preston's away form, they've scored in all but one game. So this one could be interesting. Hull City still sitting eighth, so you imagine their away form, if we just take a look at it, it is very, very good. They've only lost once on the road this season, and that was to Ipswich, um, who we will get to right now. McKenna doing a fantastic job at Ipswich. Um, I always thought, you know, I still do think they'll, they'll peter off a little bit. Um, I don't think anyone will keep up with Leicester, but at 2.58 points per game, they've only lost once, which was a high-scoring defeat at home to Leeds United. They haven't played Leicester yet. That'll be a pretty interesting game. But you wouldn't put it past them uh, beating Plymouth, who is who they welcome. Plymouth largely quite inconsistent this season. They've won a few, they've lost a few, they've drawn a few. I think they'll be looking at survival this season, if we're being realistic. But those home games are going to be massive. I, I fancy Ipswich in this one. The early game in the championship, or one of the early games in the championship, is Southampton hosting Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. That's what we've got to call them now. And I do wonder if they are going to be moved to TV a lot more because they are Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City now. Um, because there's a couple of games kicking off at 12.30. The other is Leeds-Huddersfield, so a tasty fixture there. Huddersfield um, 21st, Leeds sitting third. But back to Wayne Rooney's Birmingham. It's not been a good start. Two defeats in two, no goals scored. And uh, fans booing him and shouting that he should go back to America already. So, yeah. Pretty good start, I guess, for, for Waza. Um, I wouldn't be too hasty to, to chuck him out, obviously. Give him some time, give him a month or two at least to see what he can do with the players. Um, and I understand the fans, you know, they didn't. some fans just didn't want him. That's that's fine. But I do think it's within the best interest of the fans to not shout stuff like that, if I'm being honest, because you create a kind of toxic atmosphere where 
Rooney will be under more pressure and might do things differently than he would if he, if, if the fans were sort of just like, OK, let's give him this time to work out his, his own ideas. Because I think that's what Rooney probably needs to do as a coach. He needs to have this identity with his play. You look at McKenna at Ipswich and Carrick now at Middlesbrough, you, you know what they're about. Plymouth as well. There's some really good um, up-and-coming managers uh, at the moment in the AFL. I think it's worth mentioning, especially some that are you know making that jump from sort of National League to League 2 now and League 2 to the Championship. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to see. So this game, actually, Southampton-Birmingham appeared in a YouTube video that I put online a few days ago where we were looking for cards and if we look at cards received Southampton have received two or more cards in every home game they've played but what's more every away team when they played at home has also received at least two cards in the game as well and it talks about Wayne Rooney and his potential styles I mean you imagine that his players are going to get stuck in if he's the manager at least unless he has a completely different persona as a manager and a different philosophy than the one he had when he was on the pitch but to be honest, I would rather we see a sort of Gattuso-esque manager rather than... I don't I don't think Rooney is going to be a, an amazing tactician. Um, maybe he'll surprise us and play some innovative football, but I don't think that's going to be his game. But it doesn't mean you can't be successful. It doesn't mean you can't get promotion um, or, or challenge for the playoffs in the championship. We've seen so many different kinds of styles get promotion in recent years. So now I will take you around the leagues in England. We'll start with the Premier League. I'll give you some standout stats that I notice. First off, at 3pm, a battle at the bottom. Points per game for Bournemouth, 0.33. And for Burnley, 0.44. I said this last week, didn't I, on the podcast, because Bournemouth had another home game against uh, Wolves, uh, a team that you expect to be down there. But this one is massive. With Wolves, there was the O'Neill factor coming back. I think it added a little bit of extra something to that Wolves performance. And um, this is absolutely huge. This could be it for the for the Bournemouth manager. If he doesn't win this game, um, he's on he's on the brink. Um, I think we have to be realistic. Um, and Bournemouth have to be realistic about their chances of staying in the Premier League. After this home game, the last three games will have been Everton, Wolves and then Burnley. If you take zero points from that run of games... What can you expect? And for Burnley, they have won a game, unlike Bournemouth. And they have scored in two out of the last three, which seems like an improvement. But they are conceding for fun. They, they lost 3-0 at Brentford. They conceded 4 to Chelsea the week before that. And as I say, the victory was away at Luton. We talk about company and, you know, will he compromise his amazing football style? That's, what, that's sort of what I seem to see and hear on Twitter and other places, but what style? I mean, you're conceding for fun. Um, they've conceded three or more goals in five games already this season. They've conceded two or more in another couple of games. Elsewhere in the Premier League, Chelsea hosting Brentford, 10th hosting 14th. And those figures might surprise you, but for both teams, given how Brentford played last year. Um, the issue for Chelsea this season is the home form. They've won one at home and that was um, against Luton Town so this is a chance for them to show where they're at the last game was against Arsenal of course 2-2 they played a little bit better to be fair to them but mistakes cost them and they allowed Arsenal back into that game Arsenal will be delighted with that point and for Brentford they've scored in three of the four away games so far but they've only picked up one victory and that was their first away game at Fulham but they have scored in the last four games played and they come into this having beaten Burnley 
3-0. So they've found their shooting boots, albeit against uh, Vincent Company's side, who we just uh, talked about having a pretty shoddy defensive record. But Chelsea has conceded in four of the five home games played again. The only clean sheet was the victory to Luton. I honestly think that's one that could go either way, given how Brentford uh, came to Old Trafford a few weeks ago and played really well. Um, one that might not go both ways or, or have the potential is Arsenal hosting Sheffield United. We're nine games into the season now and Sheffield United have scored three away goals. They're conceding 2.25 goals per game. If we look at Arsenal's XG at home, it is 8.71. If we look at Sheffield United's away, it is 2.51, 0.63 XG per game. 1.74 for Arsenal at home. If we toggle to overall, um, it goes up a little bit, 1.87. So Arsenal, you can see they're pretty effective on the road. But at home, we all know about their record. Unbeaten so far this season. Scoring in every game. And they've scored two or more in every game, apart from one. And that was a victory against Manchester City. So... Yeah, you can't overextend too much against Manchester City, but against Sheffield United, I think you definitely can. They've conceded two or more in every single away game this season, and they've not. They went to Spurs and they were unlucky, two very, very late goals. But apart from that, they've gone to Forest, they've gone to West Ham, and they've gone to Fulham and conceded two or more in every single one of those games. Will they surprise everybody with a goal? I mean, that's something you could look at potentially, Arsenal and BTTS. They have scored in three out of four, but regardless, I think Arsenal will be unbeaten still come five o'clock on Saturday. Into League One, and one game that stands out to me is Port Vale against Cheltenham. Just 29% of games so far for Port Vale have seen BTTS landing, and for Cheltenham, that number is 14%. If we look at the away games for Cheltenham, they scored their first away goal in the week at Blackpool. Before that, it was six games on the road without hitting the back of the net. They have won just one game this season. But one thing I would like to point out, yes, they have been on a terrible run. But in the last three games, they've picked up a draw against Derby, who was seventh at the time. Then they've beaten Cambridge at home. And then they've gone to Blackpool, who were seventh at the time. And they've scored two away goals. Blackpool, a team heading in the right direction now as well, by the way. And whilst you can look at the overall stats, it's always important to dig into the individual fixtures just to see if there is this turn in form. And whilst it was that very, very low BTTS percentage that got me into this game, you have to then have your mind open to explore other avenues. It was good and then it was bad in terms of Port Vale's form at home. They won the opening three games all by a score of 1-0. And then they've lost the next three games. And the last couple of games, all at home, by a score of 1-0. So narrow games, apart from a 2-3 defeat to Burton Albion. So there are these sort of anomaly games in there, and I'm wondering if this could be one of them, given the turnaround from Cheltenham. Are Cheltenham going to score in this game? Are they going to continue that run of scoring in four games out of the last four? Let's see what the weekend brings. Another potential BTTS option um, is Blackpool. They've scored in the last seven games, lost just two of those, which puts them sixth in the league, so just inside the playoffs. And they're hosting fifth-placed Peterborough United, who have not lost since the start of September and have scored in every game since. So a very similar um, run of scoring form. In fact, Peterborough have actually scored in all but one game this season. 
A couple more standout stats then, and Bolton Wanderers, fourth placed at the minute. Um, they are at Charlton at the weekend, and they've got a points per game of two. And I wanted to just note their scoring average, 1.92 goals per game. So they're doing really well. In fact, only Barnsley, who are third, have a better goal-scoring average of 2.07 goals per game. And they are hosting Fleetwood Town, who are 22nd and have scored just 0.77 goals per game this season. But another example why you should uh, dig into the game a little bit more, the home form is the reason for the position, mostly for Fleetwood. They've lost all but one game um, at home. That is really not good, not scoring at all um, at home either. Um, But away from home, it's a different story. They're unbeaten in three. They've scored a couple of goals in the last couple of games, albeit playing against Reading, who were 23rd, and Cheltenham, who were 24th at the time, and then Burton, who were 22nd as well. So, yeah, I I would not touch this game, or sorry, I would not touch uh, Fleetwood. And the interesting thing with Barnsley is it's kind of the reverse. So away from home, they are unbeaten, winning all but two games. And at home, they've lost four out of seven. So a really interesting matchup there in League One in in how those teams are are playing. Could be an interesting game to uh, keep an eye on. Okay, so let's get to the double that I mentioned. And um, the first game that I really do like, actually, is they say don't bet on your own team, but I'm going to go BTCS for the Blackpool Peterborough game. 1.75 are the best odds you'll get for that. So let's add that one to the mix, 1.75. And what can we pair with that becomes the next question. Ipswich Town, is that the obvious home team to go for in this double? I never like to bet on a game where the manager is under such intense pressure because you never know that a performance can come from anywhere. Um, QPR Leicester, it is really, it really, really does feel like the last chance um, for Ainsworth. But we, I, we've been saying that every week, let's be honest. I think, again, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it at the start of the podcast, but I th- I'm thinking there must be some financial, you know, they can't afford to pay him off. It's been kind of documented in the last year or so that QPR are not, they're not doing amazingly well in terms of finances. So, it could be something along those lines, like, okay, we'll just keep, we'll just see how you get on. Maybe you'll turn it around. And there might not be that candidate out there at the moment that they can just bring in. So Ipswich, 1.36. I'm not going to add that. I want to try and uh, bump up the odds a little bit. So the second leg of this double, we've got Blackpool BTTS, and we're now going to have Middlesbrough to score in the second half. 0. Uh, sorry, 1.44. So we're going to add that to the bet. And we talked about Middlesbrough's goals, didn't we? If you see there, one home goal they've scored in the first half compared to five in the second half. And in more recent times, as we saw at the start of the the podcast, the last four games, all nil-nil at halftime, and then seeing lots of goals in those second halves. Will this one go the same way? The thing is, you could look at this market as well. Um, Most goals in the second half, half half with most goals, you could go second. Um, But I'm going to sort of be a bit more cautious with this and um, I'm just throwing that out there because it is there for you if you feel more confident in this one Um, but for me I'm just going to say that Middlesbrough are going to score in the second half if you watch the YouTube channel there's some other um, markets that I'll look into there especially card markets there's a, a filter that I create and sticking with the YouTube just a plug for a Python series that is going to be Launching on YouTube, the first episode is up and out where we connect uh, to the API, get you familiar with Python, get everything set up. Um, if you've got any questions, head over to the Discord or head over to that YouTube video and just ask a question. Um, episode two is going to launch on Monday, and in that one we will be connecting to Telegram and um, 
and I'll also be launching some free API endpoints so that you can test the data without actually subscribing to the API. So that has been the podcast episode. Um, the off-the-pitch stuff that I wanted to cover was Tenali's ban, but I think I've gone on for quite a bit already. I don't want to you know, make the podcast too long in case you get bored. But Tenali, 10-month ban, it is harsh on Newcastle, isn't it? But I sort of agree with Merson. You know, he said that when, when he was in trouble or whatever for, for gambling, when he had a problem, if they'd have taken football away from him, he said he, he doesn't know where or what he would be doing right now. And it's, it is true, you know, Tenali, what's going to, how's that going to benefit him, especially not being allowed to train? I thought that was very, very harsh in the Ivan Tony case where he's not even allowed to the training ground. He's not even allowed to go and watch his team. You're already punishing him by not letting him play football, right? Competitively, um, especially when these guys are... It doesn't matter, actually, forget that. It doesn't matter if you're in the Premier League. It doesn't matter if you're in the National League. Um, not letting somebody play football. Football is life, right? It is so true. Um, so I'll leave with that note. If you've enjoyed the podcast, give it a review. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment or whatever. And um, I will see you in the next one.